Hey, Podcast welcome to the Mini PC Show, episode 127. This show is brought to you by Jonas. Uh, Jonas is not only one of the best makers I know in the business, but he's also one of the nicest guys. Uh, he's from Hawaii, a place I'm going to love to visit sooner or later, especially when they don't get a fake North Korean bomb threat. Uh, but I digress. Okay, so one of the first things I wanted to talk about was uh, a, a thing called Stream Pie. Um, this is what I gather uh, Stream Pie actually is. Hey, Red. Uh, Stream Pie looks like it's software meant for the, uh, I'll say, like the advanced streamer, somebody who expects to have dedicated hardware sitting by uh, where he can incorporate it into um, um, Stream Pie into that hardware, thus competing with. Uh, high dollar other solutions where you have to buy dedicated hardware for such a device, uh, like the Stream Deck kind of thing. Um, with Stream Pi, you can basically get your own uh, custom uh, rig set up and you can use Stream Pi in the place of the subscription based software um, solution. I will say I'm a fan of doing things in the most open way. Um, I'll say I have a hard time competing with OBS Ninja. Uh, which I do believe now is being rebranded to be called VDO Ninja, um, where I can log in with that plus OBS, and I can have like touchscreen support with any anything, or I can log in with a full desktop browser to where I can control my streams and feeds and camera switches and things like that. I'm sure this dedicated hardware with the uh, Stream Pi is much more advanced than what I'm doing, but I'm not sure I, you know, a lot of people need anything more advanced than OBS and Video Ninja, but I do like having alternatives out there. And it does look like this Stream Pi is actually a pretty mature solution out there. Of course, it works in con, um, conjunction with a Raspberry Pi, or else it's the kind of thing you know that we wouldn't bring up here. Uh, so I want to thank um, Brett for bringing that to my attention. I thought that was pretty cool. Hey, Dor. Hey, Rich. How you doing, ah, man? Switch your computer and I'm on. Very cool. Very cool. How's everything going, man? Oh, well, uh, until this didn't work, I'm doing okay. I, I was just rebuilding my Pi hole, uh, and I figured I'd use a Pi Zero W. Not not the new one, just the old one that I got kicking around. Gotcha. I will say um, my experience with my Pi hole is it really does not need any memory, any uh, processor power, or even any bandwidth. It's so light. Uh, DNS queries apparently are literally just little bits of data normally. Um, and they don't need processing power and they don't need uh, RAM power because I have mine running on a Raspberry Pi 3 wirelessly just sitting off in a corner in a room where I know it doesn't even get a good wireless signal and it seems to work just fine. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, that, That's why I'm using a Pi Zero and using it wirelessly. Are, are we doing video out to YouTube? Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's why... Why am I not seeing you? Uh, there was something I did funky in the video studio where uh, the group scene is showing both of us. The director's chair, I'm seeing both of us. But yet, for some reason, I'm not seeing you in mine. It said unknown user, not visible, unknown user. Not sure I know exactly what that is. So next time I have to tweak my thing. Last time, if you remember, somebody said that they did like the video, but they thought it was a lower res. So one of the boxes I checked said use 1080p video when possible. But apparently I checked one thing I wasn't supposed to check. So next time, hopefully I'll do it better. Ah, uh-huh. technology gets us again. Yeah. Um, I will say, let's really just quickly talk about the big fish in the room. Uh, the new Raspberry Pi W2. Um, I'm not going to talk bad about anybody reviewing it 
because it's the kind of thing that they really can't. They know this. I know this. Hopefully, you know this, everybody out there. Anybody who you saw talking about the Raspberry Pi 2W, W2, Raspberry Pi W2, on day one cannot say anything bad about it at all. Because if they do, they'll never get another Raspberry Pi device ahead of schedule ever again. Um, a couple of them hinted at that bit about they have to be honest. They, you know, how they can't be completely honest, but they were a little disappointed. But they didn't go much past saying that. Um, as a user, with no shackles on my wrist, I'll say I am extremely disappointed in the Raspberry Pi 2W. The price is great, don't get me wrong. I like the idea of having the processor upgrade to a genuine quad core. Hi, welcome to 2019. Um, but that's about it. That's really the only thing worth even mentioning is now it's a genuine quad core processor. Yeah, yeah. So quad core, it's not a gig of RAM. I if they went with a gig of RAM, I would have been like a hot dog. You know, quad core gig of RAM. Now, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, I would have complained. I'll say much, 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 much less. Um. And I believe it's still using micro USB. That was the other thing I couldn't believe. I'm like, really? Really? In 2021, you're going to have micro USB? Okay. That doesn't make any sense either. Um, to me, a gig of RAM, I don't I don't want to say it would have shut me up. Oh, there you guys see. I accidentally checked only see the other feed, Rich. So give me a second. Um, a gig of RAM would have made me shut up much more is what I'm going to say. But it's still extremely underwhelming compared to anything else on the market. Um, sure, you get the community support. Sure, you get a more robust software stack. Sure, you get all these other things, but it's still incredibly disappointing is the way I'll put it. And I'm going to shoot you a new link, Rich, to where I should be able to see you and you should be able to see me. And I, I just printed a new case for my Pi Zero W. Are you there? Hey, I don't hear you. That's my fault. But yes, better. Okay. Um. Yeah, so I mean, look, I'm super happy that the Raspberry Pi Foundation was able to put out, in air quotes, five new pieces of hardware in one year. But in reality, they didn't. That's like Ford coming out with a Mustang, a Mustang SE, a Mustang LX, and an, a Mustang PT and saying they got four different. No, they don't. You have one thing that has different versions available. Um, same thing with the Raspberry Pi. Uh, they really only came out with one thing this year. They just surrounded it with other hardware or removed hardware from it, whether it be the compute module, the Raspberry Pi, the Raspberry Pi W, or the Raspberry Pi keyboard. And the fifth thing I'm going to guess is just another um, version of the Raspberry Pi Plus. You know, that's not impressive. Sure, with a chip sh shortage, it's cool, but it is most definitely not impressive whatsoever. Um, you three printed a new case, Rich? Yeah, I got to wait for it to cool down before I fold it. So it's a uh, 3D print that has the hinge built into it. Uh, so just like this one right here, which you can barely see. Yeah, I'll say when I can, I am a big fan of what I what I believe it's called print in place. Where it's basically a complete solution. You print all in just one thing, and then you have to either no wait stems, for it to no cool. Seeds. I mean, no screws you need. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, or you have to sometimes crack it, sometimes you know, break something to get it to work right. But, you know, it's just right there. Done. Very cool. Uh, was there any other hardware stuff that caught your attention here in the last couple of weeks? Well, uh, all right. So personally, I kind of been taking inventory about what I got going on. And, and I'm looking, I, I probably should take a picture and show it, but I'm not going to show it publicly. 
I have a complete effing wiring nest and it, it drives me crazy. I want to put basically, I, I want to build a custom power supply for five volts, probably out of a, you know, old PC power supply and a UPS, you know, a DC UPS. So, cause there's no reason I have, you know, 1500 code violations because power strips and whatever I got plugged in there. It's kind of scary. If, if I was me and never did set that up and saw that I'd be hitting the me that set that up. So I, I'm a little embarrassed and I, I think I need to develop a power solution. Gotcha. Yeah. I will say it's one of those things or organization will set you free. It's just a question of time to sit down and make it happen. Um, one of the things that caught my eyes, at least, was um, line four in the notes, a.k.a. I finally trimmed down um, all of the um, lines of notes that we didn't use, and I put them inside an archive document. But yeah, this one, um, oh, I accidentally pasted that incorrectly. There you go. Um, Alibaba open-sourced uh, four of their Risk v cores that they have um designed uh basically hoping to spur you know attention and then hopefully they'll keep doing this kind of thing keep inventing cores and keep tightening them up and then keep releasing them out to the open source world um there was another article i'm not sure I ha- if i have it bookmarked or not um where um i believe it was sci-fi believes the processor that they put out this year like in the last couple months is equivalent to an arm processor from less than four years ago um to which i will say if risk is where arm was about three years ago now, I think it's, I'm pretty comfortable in saying in three to four years, you will be able to get a risk processor in a single board computer an arm processor in a single board computer. And when things are up and running, it'll be pretty difficult to tell which one's which. That's very cool. I, Hey, look, I I'm all for competition. I I'm guessing porting code should go pretty easy. Uh, I don't do it, but I'm assuming other people that do it would, would have an easy time with it. Well, I think it's one of those things. Um, when it comes to the ARM processor structure, you pick the core base, you pick then the number of cores you can handle, but then you add on pieces here and there. So then basically your compiler has to just be aware of which snippets are loaded and which snippets are not. And then if you're accessing one of those things in your original code, how to compensate for it um i'll say it's like not the end of the world if they can't it just means that whoever is going to whoever's doing it's going to sit down at least a couple seconds and um reevaluate uh code and maybe have to tweak how they do things uh but it's definitely one of those things that's definitely possible but yeah um here's the link on lil putin um sci-fi says it's i'm sorry next risk uh five processor outperforms ARM Cortex-A78, which I want to say is less than a four-year-old processor. So it outperforms things from less than four years ago. Um, I'm perfectly content with that. And yeah, I'll say um, Sci-Fi is one of the people that I do believe are, um, I'll just say, pushing the limits maybe a little bit better than the average person that was on line 10 there, Rich. Um, they, it basically can support up to 16 cores on their next generation one. Uh, runs frequencies as high as 3.5 gigahertz, which I'll tell you right now, most ARM processors cannot go that high. Or, I mean, in normal 
places where you get ARM processors, they do not go that high. Uh, also, it features uh, 16 megs of L3 cache and up to 2 megs of L2 cache. Now, the one thing I know about cache, L2 and L3 cache on computing devices is um, layer 2 and layer 3, I believe, is the L2 stands for. The lower the number, the closer it is to the processor. The closer it is to the processor, the insanely more helpful it is. Um, so if you have 2 megs and 16 megs of RAM sitting basically right next to the processor, that means you can you can process heavier things much quicker. I'm not going to say it's like the difference between, you know, uh, 18-bit or like um, um, 8-bit and 64-bit, but it is a dramatic difference. Okay, can we talk about the Pine 64 SO ports? Sure thing, sir. So it's an RK3566. I'm not exactly familiar with the processor. They says go on sale next week for 35 and up. And let's see. So 35 is the 2 gig model, which is nice. A, let's see. 4 gig is 50. 8 gig is 75. With today's prices, I would say that's pretty reasonable. Um, I'm looking for information on the carrier board here. Is it the module? So I'm assuming it needs to be plugged into like a motherboard for power. I see it does have a, looks like a Wi-Fi antenna hanging off. So I guess you could do it without, you know, if you brought power and ground to it, you'd, you'd probably have everything you need. Oh, Dor, you're not talking. I do believe the first round when you buy it, you will get both the um, daughter board and the main board in it because it does look like a compute module type setup. Um, I believe the first round, at least, you will not be able to buy just a compute module, number one. Um, number two, to put it out there first, this is for developers only. If you're a hobbyist and you're going to buy this expecting I'm going to load something on it and then use it in my environment like a server or, or a home entertainment system, just, uh, it might not meet your levels of stability or speed and performance just yet. I got to throw that out there. Um. Because this is, I don't want to say a brand new uh, processor chip, but it's definitely a newer processor chip. Okay, so here's the line that I think is killer. Pine64 says the SO ports is pin-to-pin -pin compatible with the Raspberry Pi Compute Module 4. So that's killer. That's like, hey, you can slip this in. It's got the same engine mounts as that Chevy 350. Same engine and transmission mounts. It's just drop in. Yeah, and I will say... um Typically, pine boards, historically, is O'Jordan pine boards typically don't come with Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. So for this one to come with it, I take that as a plus is what I want to say. Um, yeah, two gigs of RAM for 35 bucks, four gigs for 50, eight gigs for 75. Dare I say that's normal, especially in this air quote chip shortage area. That's almost good prices. So I'm looking or I'm just trying to pull up pine site because I want to see if they got something about it. Well, they do mention it, but I will say they don't go into great detail. If you want to keep up on Pine stuff, really, you have to join either their IRC, their Telegram, their Discord, their Matrix, or something like that server. If you really want as much information as possible, oh, the Pine blog, I'm sure, mentions it in their monthly um, posting. Um, I'll just say this is the kind of device, I, I, like I said before, uh, the RK3399 processor was like a hallmark of a like thing that put its stake in the ground and stayed around for years. Literally it's been three years. It's still being used because it is that rock solid processor. I do believe the RK3566 is the next one of those type of processors where 
Pine's actually really early using this processor. And I think they know that they're really early. They believe in the next year to 18 months, it's going to become quite mature. And then in two years from now, it's going to be insanely mature platform for everything moving forward. And yeah. Um, well, that looks cool. I, I'd like more information on that. I, I may follow up with that. Well, dare I say, almost like the framework laptop. I don't know how much you saw about that, Rich. Um, I would like, I really do like the idea of having a baseboard that has just IO on it. You know what I mean? And then next year, if they come out with a Quartz 2 or like two years from now, if they come out with a Quartz 2, I would love to be able to take that baseboard, unplug the compute module, and just plug in the new compute module. Because realistically, that's the kind of thing that should save you money. Mm -hmm. And in the real world, it does save you money unless you're buying Raspberry Pi compute modules. Yeah, so it's one of those things, again, the Pine Phone Pro got announced. Um, I have such mixed feelings about that. It's, it's also one of those things, it's still not a really ready for prime time user phone. It's still a developer-centric phone, and that's the verbiage I'm going to use, developer-centric phone, but it's still, if you're in hobbyist and you have passion to want to use it, I do think the Pine Phone Pro is quite usable. Uh, I'm not going to say it compares to anything flagship these days, but I definitely think it's becoming a very usable device. Oh, uh, and I want to give a quick shout out. And here's the one of the problems. I know I'm on Discord on some place, some places he's Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, and on other servers he's known as the Geek. He's, he's known as all kinds of things, whatever. He's a good old Southern boy, is where I'm going to put it. Um, and one of my favorite pieces of hardware, uh, because I do believe. When it comes to your computing um, enjoyment, lifestyle kind of thing, the input makes all the difference. Just like if you're playing old classic video games, the controller makes all the difference. If you want to have a good mini PC to experience that you only need to pull up a um, keyboard every now and then, or a good home theater PC type experience, I cannot encourage you more the Logitech K400 Plus wireless touch TV keyboard with easy media control and built-in touchpad. Um, only 17 bucks. Normally it's 40 bucks. So that to me is a steal. I would buy one, but I already have three of these things sitting around the house. So I'm not going to buy one right now. And let me see if they have a good picture showing it. Now they kind of, this is kind of a good picture showing it. The second picture down, if you notice, you can hold it with two hands with one thumb being on the trackpad controlling the trackpad and the other thumb just sitting there waiting to normal mouse click. That makes to me this incredibly easy to use as a mouse cursor on a, on a big screen TV, whether you're using Plex or another thing, uh, having that type of configuration helps insanely. Now I will say Logitech has more advanced keyboards where you have right and left click up there and you have uh, certain dedicated media buttons like home, music player or, or like Android back. But this one should be able to get you by in most of your normal home theater type of keyboard needs for only 18 bucks. You cannot beat it. Hey, Dor, is this keyboard still on sale? Well, looking at the picture, I'm pretty sure that's the exact same keyboard I was just talking about. Yes. The K400 Plus. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I, I have one and I have another. I've got a couple other wireless keyboards. I, I don't need another. It, like if I had a different location or something like that, yeah, I would, I would pick up. But, you know, right now, I got one. But a great keyboard, great price. Uh, can't knock it. Yeah, that's my thing. If I needed one, I would pick one up right now. I don't need one. I, I, honestly, I, 
I have one extra one just sitting right here doing nothing, waiting to be used again. Um, the next thing I'm going to talk about, I'm mainly bringing up because it directly contradicts a lot of stuff that I've said in the past. And I just noticed this is an AMP link and I hate AMP links. So give me just one second. Let me see if I can find a better non-AMP link. Maybe this will work. Nope, it won't. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's a damn link. Um, I, for a while, keep saying how um, Intel is in literal trouble. They're in literal trouble. They're in literal trouble. And they are. I don't care what anybody says. Um, but um, you also got to remember uh, the stock market um, goes up off of speculation and goes down off of facts. And that's like the best way I can put it. Um, man, I can't get the link. Uh, but right now, there's more than a couple places that are saying right now is the time to buy Intel. Um, I have no money in the stock market. I don't gamble for nothing. But when so I read the articles... So your 401k or 403b, that's that's not in, invested in something? I have nothing like that, no. Really? Nope. The wife has that. My money all goes towards um, home bill, car bill, car bill, food bill. Her money goes towards retirement, luxury items, and you know, $300 coach bags. All I got to say is you're lucky she's only buying $300 coach bags. Oh, no. I'm, I'm just saying that to be nice. Um, but I'm not a gambler. I don't gamble on anything ever because that's, I, I, I can't because I would panic and I would freak out and I would go nuts. Uh, but if the speculation, every all, okay, here's the thing. All the speculation I am giving you about how I feel about Intel is on their performance. Right now, they suck. Yes, they have a brand new generation of processor that should kick butt. But in 2021, it doesn't matter if your processor kicks butt because if they don't put software to take advantage of what your processor is good at, it might as well not exist. That's my thing. Investors are saying Intel has started to rent their fabs out. So anybody can come to Intel and say, I want a processor. And Intel will just say, give me the money. And they'll pump out processors for you. With uh, Apple doing the M1, Google doing the Tensor, everybody's going to start doing their own chip. We were just talking about this like crazy. And more than likely, people believe Intel is going to be that number one go-to stop, drop your money, and they'll give you processors. And they do believe that their next generation processors will be like really good for high-end gamers, um, eventually good for portable devices as well kind of thing. Um, but that's off of speculation. And the stock market goes up off of speculation. So if you're a gambler, this might be the kind of gamble you might want to take. But I just, you know, I just don't, I don't gamble at all. I don't like going to casinos. Um, I don't like playing the lottery. I don't like playing the lotto. I'd look at scratch offs or the lottery as voluntary taxes because you're only going to get back 50% of it by design. You know what I mean? That, that every scratch off that's made, every pick three, pick four, pick five, match five, lotto, Powerball, everything that's ever created is designed to only pay out 50 cents on every dollar it brings in. So, I don't like gambling. Investing is even more of a wild card than that. And any investment thing you listen to, here's the real reason, Rich. Any investment thing you listen to, why are you listening to that person? Because if they were good at what they're talking about, they would be billionaires. They wouldn't be on some rinky-dink, fast yep. money, or Bloomberg best or right, whatever, right. talking junk. They're there because they know how to talk junk. They're not great investors. I digress. Talking about Intel... Line 11 on the notes was the kind of thing that definitely caught my eye. Uh, and it's because this, you know, 3.5 inch computer world has primarily been dominated by ARM. 
And I did say that slowly on purpose uh, because we we have had up boards, up squared and other boards where that are in air quotes credit card size that really do perform quite well. This is a little bit bigger than credit card size. Okay. 3.5 inch Intel core 11 gen processor. Um, if this is not powerful enough for your mini computing needs, you're asking too much as well as the way I'm looking at it, because this is quite literally um, like a powerhouse in a super tiny form factor. Hmm. So is, is that bigger than Nook or smaller than Nook? I'm pretty sure it's about an inch and a half one way bigger than an Intel. Yeah, camera. that's that's what it's looking like, you know, based on port configuration. Right. And I will say the port options on this thing is quite nice. Is what I'm going to say. It looks like you do have. So you can you get know. everything from an i7 down to a Celeron. That, that's mm -hmm. cool. And let's see how much RAM. 64 gig. Woohoo! SATA three. They're they're really kicking ass on that. Yeah, this is the kind of thing we're and it, and it has also um, USB 3.2 Gen 2 sockets. That is insane speeds that really is competing with i want to say sata 2 speeds i want to say it's on par if not greater than sata 2 speeds so that's the kind of thing where you could hook up external usb devices that are 3.2 supporting and not be able to tell the difference between that and an nvme drive all right looks like it has dual display port and is that uh dual gig ethernet it's funny one they have upright one they have upside down which I'm yeah, I'm not sure why at. they did that, but it definitely caught me off guard. But yeah, this is the kind of thing I look at it. I think, wow, I could do a lot with this. And I then say to myself, I'm not even going to look at the price because I don't want to know how much this thing costs because it, I'm sure it's not cheap. Um, this is the kind of, if you're building, in my personal opinion, a dream machine that really should be able to last, you know, five years dare I say, four or five years and still be very competitive, this was like a great board to at least start off with. Yeah, I'm a fan. Oh, forgot to share the webpage, sorry. Um, yeah, this was over at guru3d.com, which looks like Garud something, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, really sexy board is what I'm going to say with lots of really nice import uh, inputs on it. Okay, this one caught my eyes. And this was actually, I want to say, two links. Let me make sure I'm doing this right. Uh, the first one is on, I want to say, a line 11, Rich. And this is called the Stamp C3. Hey, Captain. Hey, John. Thank you guys for coming out. And Red, as always. Again, if you want to hang out live, it's very easy. You can either follow us on YouTube, uh, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, uh, follow us in Discord. All those links should be in the notes or right there beneath the YouTube video. Or you can send me an email and just say, hey, Dor, send me an email when you're getting ready to go live and I will do my best to send an email. Um, this one caught my eye. This is the kind of thing that I could see um, uh, Brett just going flippo crazy for partially because it's so cheap called a stamp C3. Uh, this is a uh, microcontroller that was like incredibly cheap and it's built off of risk five uh, processor. So I will say this is the kind of thing where I could see becoming very popular in the hobbyist market. Um, Comes with a uh, ESP, uh, I can't even, I don't know how it's pronounced, ESPRESSIF, ESP32, C3, plus a RISC processor built in. So it's like two processors in one, plus it has Wi-Fi and Bluetooth connectivity by default, a 32-bit RISC processor with four megabytes of uh, onboard flashable storage. I could just see this being a hell of a lot of fun 
to hook up to other hardware and just play with. So what's the price on this? I'm 99% sure. I thought I book, bookmarked the other link to it, but I do not see it in my notes. I believe it was $5. Dude, that, so if you want to have something control solenoids on a sprinkler system, or uh, that, that's a great budget controller, for, and, and you can get a lot out of it. There you go. I found the link there. It's on um, CNX software. But yeah, the, it, was, um, it was only last month when M5 Stack launched the M5 Stamp Pro module based on the ESP32 Pico D4 SIP. Um, but now it's, they, they launched a new one with uh, Wi-Fi 4, Bluetooth 5, high bit rate, l- low range connectivity as well. Um, I want to say they say five bucks. See, connect, uh, yeah, ESP32 chip with a risk 5 processor, uh, 384K ROM with 400KB SRAM, uh, 4 megabyte of an embeddable flash storage, uh, 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi, 4 20 megahertz and 40 megahertz bandwidth um, on that. So it has like the dual band, uh, Bluetooth 5, Bluetooth mesh, and I believe it also had Bluetooth uh, low energy mode too. Um, yeah. This thing I can see being incredibly functional. Yeah. Um, the last one sold for six bucks while the bundle, the bundle costs 28 bucks. The bundle comes with a lot of more stuff with it is what I'm going to say. Yeah. The M5 stamp C3 mate is sold for six bucks with the, with uh, the five pieces that goes up to 20 bucks. So I'm going to say again, less than 10 bucks will be the selling price. And if it's less than that, I cannot see myself not buying it and not trying to do something with it. I don't know what, but something. Yeah, that was the thing. I swore that when Brett saw, he would like flip out and go crazy. But I dropped it in oh, the yeah. chat, and I'm going to guess it's, he just didn't catch it. Yeah, that, that's definitely uh, something Brett would eat up. Okay, also, link 14 in the notes. Um, I want to thank Brett for dropping me this link because I completely forgot to look here. Uh, there is a chip shortage. Not every version is available, blah, 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 blah. But... At least if you go to uh, Armbian, not Armbian, if you go to Ameridroid, sorry, uh, you can still buy a um, Redaxa R0. Let me find the right page. There it is. Ameridroid Redaxa 0. Um, not all the versions were in stock, but at least some of them were in stock. If you want something the same size as a Raspberry Pi W2, in, except with the option of onboard storage, Still, while having an SD card, also with having the um, um, quad-core processor and with up to 8 gigs of RAM, then you have to check out Ameridroid. If you're inside the U.S., that caveat, because they have at least some of them in stock. And I just got to say, if I needed something with the size of a Raspberry Pi Zero, I wouldn't even entertain the idea of buying a Raspberry Pi Zero. I would just spend, in air quote, double the price, okay? I would spend double the price, so $15 up. I'd spend $32.95 for two gigs of RAM, which is four times the amount of RAM as Raspberry Pi W0, too. And with eight gigs of onboard storage, with the Raspberry Pi comes with zero onboard storage. So I'm literally getting easily four times the computer for about twice the price. And then if you're really crazy, you can go up to eight, um, I'm sorry, four gigs of RAM with 128 gig MMC for 85 bucks now. If I needed all that storage really close to a device like that, I would happily pay the money because you cannot get this kind of thing 
on a Raspberry Pi Zero. Just saying. Yeah, and all right. So the four gig with sixteen gigs EMC is forty eight ninety five. You can pump that up all to to one hundred twenty eight gig, which is eighty five ninety five. So maybe I don't want that much, but what the heck? I mean, it gives you options. There's a lot of options out there. Yeah, and see, that was one of the things that everybody complained about Linux in the early days. Too many options, too many options, too many options. Uh, the, it, it's so many options, it confuses people. And, you know, look, if too many options confuses somebody, buy. I don't know what to tell you. Go to the Apple world. You have much less choices. Um, If I was doing any Raspberry Pi W project, I can tell you right now, I would be happy to go out of my way, spend the extra money, buy one of these boards and see if it works anyway, because if it does, you're going to get so much more performance out of it. Even if the Raspberry Pi community is twice as optimized in the software, you're still going to get better performance out of this device just because they took the luxury of throwing more hardware at you and, like Rich said, at least giving you options on how much hardware you need, letting you decide how much you need instead of telling you this is all you're going to get. And to make it very clear, the next batch is expected in early December 2021. So expect even more options here in about a month and a half. I'm going to bring up this one just to make sure it's in the notes. But in reality, I'm bringing it up, Rich, because I'm kind of shocked. Uh, you never heard of it. I never heard of it. Brian never heard of it. Brett never heard of it. Um, nobody on any service that I'm on seemingly ever heard of it either, which kind of makes me really confused. Um, and then I load up my Twister OS. And this is there all along, and I didn't realize it until one time I loaded it up, and I realized in the bottom corner it said there's an update available for Pi-Apps. Oh, okay. Let me do the update. After the update, I went and said, what the hell is this? I never heard of this before. Um, Pi-Apps is basically, it, it says, the most popular app store for Raspberry Pi computers, 100% open source bash scripts, including the GUI. So uh, they put that little caveat in there. I believe it probably is the number one most popular app store for Raspberry Pi operating systems that has a, a true GUI. Now, the GUI isn't extremely advanced or anything, but technically it has a GUI. And with one click, you can install, uh, I'll just put it like this, a metric crap ton of applications. Um, some of them are literally only uh, like Etcher type isolated windows to web apps. While some of them are true installable apps, like uh, the one that I installed, just installed, was uh, Bleach Bit. Bleach Bit is like, uh, air quotes, uh, C Cleaner, where it will like, help you clean up space on your computer. But uh, it literally, like, one click to, it, I want to say it had at least 80 or 90 applications. And I'm trying to find just a generic what apps are included link, but I do not find one. Yeah, I do not see it, but it is. it does look like it's very easily installable via uh, a wget command um, on um, any Raspbian type OS. It does say it supports uh, Raspberry Pi 32-bit OS, Twister OS, Raspberry Pi 64 OS, Bullseye, Kali, Ubuntu, it says you might encounter arrows. It says it's also uh, available on Android, Chrome OS, non-ARM, non-Debian, oh, not supported, sorry. Um, yeah, I'm just going to say I was pleasantly surprised that there was a graphical app store on my Raspberry Pi that had everything from Minecraft to VS Code, like one clickable installable. So I'm definitely going to make sure that going forward, I have this installed on everything Pi related. 
Now that, that's kind of what I use um, DietPy for. So I do basically one-click install on apps with DietPy, but, you know, command line. Right, and I'll say I do think more than likely DietPy has more to offer, but DietPy is not graphical-focused is what I'm going to say. So I believe every app I looked at in um, Pi apps was much more desktop-focused, like, for instance, Etcher. If you wanted Etcher installed on your Raspberry Pi desktop or Cura, on your Raspberry Pi desktop, it, it was like much more, I'll say, desktop focused. Where Diet Pi is definitely a little bit more server focused. Don't get me wrong; I'm never going to talk ill about Diet Pi because it just works. In fact, our Mumble server is right now is on Diet Pi because you know it's just that easy. Okay, then line 16 in the notes. I'm bringing this up for a specific reason, Rich. Um, I typically try to go out of my way to not talk about Kickstarter type of things for a reason. Because with the Kickstarter things, you, you know, you kind of never know if something's going to actually come to fruition or if it's just a pipe dream and your money's just going to go away. Uh, I'm bringing this one up because um, this is a company that has a track record of being successful. When they do a Kickstarter, they get the money, they build the device, and they ship the device. I want to say this is their third or fourth Kickstarter, uh, but this is, and I want to say it's pronounced Latte Panda. Um, that's how latte, but whatever. I'll go with Latte. Um, Panda 3 Delta hits crowdfunding uh, circuit as the company's fa fastest single board computer yet. Um, I will say I've never had one of these boards before, but but this one actually looks, again, like something I actually like. Uh, this one is powered by an 11th generation Intel Celeron N5105. Now, saying that out loud, I can't recall anything we've brought in the past that's running on an N5105 Intel processor. So I'm going to guess this is a newer Celeron processor. I know uh, MicMake has done videos with Latte Panda products. I think he even installed the Mac OS on one. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, this is the kind of thing, um, you know, my biggest thing is I'm a fan of competition. Um these guys have proven that they're able to stick around, stay around, innovate, and actually put out hardware products um, more than one occasion. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of Intel-based boards is what I'm going to say, but this is the kind of board, if the opportunity presents itself appropriately, I, I might actually uh, jump and buy one of these just because uh, this company seems like they're in it for the long haul. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned something about Intel. I I kind of feel a little dirty talking about this, but I have my upsquared board and I threw a uh, Plex on it and I haven't had a damn problem with it. For whatever reason, whether I've been downloading, you know, behind the scenes, you know, unknown to me, higher resolution versions of soft of software, of video that I watch, the N2, Odroid N2 and XU4 just can't deliver anymore. And I was going to do it on a VM, but I, you know, doing pass through to the GPU is an issue. So I did it uh, just bare metal on an Intel running Ubuntu. So, uh, yeah, I kind of feel bad about that, but it's running real good. I mean, I kind of do, I, I did the same thing for years where I would take an old laptop and install things like that on it, partially because it had a built-in battery backup already. Um, the power usage was something I didn't like, but was one of those things, it just kind of works. And Red ordered the uh, Logitech K400 keyboard. I'm going to guarantee you, Red, you're going to be happy with it. Um, 
Here's a quick rundown on the Latte Panda Delta 3. Uh, first off, it has a Arduino built in also as well, which I completely forgot to mention. But it has uh, a real-time clock, um, the normal pin I.O. out, adjustable cooling fan, a hardware button, a power on and off button. Yes, I'm saying it. Something still in 2021 that the Raspberry Pi Foundation cannot comprehend that people want. I said it. Fine. Now, um, HDMI 2.0, gigabit Ethernet, headphone jack, USB Type-C type for power, or a 12-volt DC power input. Uh, your RAM, uh, another general purpose I.O., a um, system switch pins, which is going to switch it uh, on what is booting, what is the boot order kind of thing. The Intel processor, more USB 3.2 Gen 1 ports, still crazy fast ports, and two um, USB 3.2 ports, it looks like. So this is not, you know, a weak computer. This is actually something that is pretty powerful is what I'm going to say. Um, has also your normal um, uh, micro SD card slot, a touch panel connector. So it's touchscreen compatible, which I do like. Um, EDP, the, um, 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 the display where you can hook it up via a ribbon cable, an M.2 M key. So you can hook up an, uh, two M.2 keys. Um, one is a, a full... One where you can do PCI Express, uh, USB, SATA, or SIM. The other one is just a PCI, PCIe slot. And then Wi-Fi, Bluetooth. So, again, incredibly full-featured board. All you got to do is put a case on it, and voila, you, ha- you have yourself an actual computer computer. Just as powerful as probably a lot of Chromebooks from a year or two ago, and probably more powerful than most uh, Chrome bits that have ever been created kind of thing. So, yeah, I mean, even though we technically, everyone keeps saying how we're in such a chip shortage, we still are seeing companies innovate because I'm going to say it again. I said it this last show. There really isn't a chip shortage. The rest of the world infrastructure has moved on wanting to do next generation kind of things. And a lot of um, good old boys uh, making devices and putting hardware together. They don't really want insanely new chips kind of thing. Again, to me, it just opens the door for stuff like Risk to just take off like a bottle rocket. So that's almost every single link we had since, uh, I want to say it was October the 10th, Rich. Was there any other topics you wanted to cover or any other links you wanted to bring up? No, no, I, I think you hit a lot of cool stuff there. There's definitely the Stamp C3, the Redaxa Zero have my interest. Um and actually, the Pine 64 SO quartz, those are things on my, you know, watch list, definitely. Uh, it, and I'm a fan of reasonably priced compute modules with reasonably priced carrier boards, if it makes sense. You know, like I, my Pi 4 cluster of uh, ARM ESXi boards, you know, it's Raspberry Pi 4s with 8 gigs. I'm just using regular Raspberry Pi 4s and a uh, five-port switch, and they all run five volts. So I'm just going to push five volts in there, and I'm going to have you know one power line going into it and one Ethernet jack going out of it, and it's going to be in a Mac trash can, you know, that I printed. So uh, I, if you can keep the cost of these things down, like if there was a carrier board with you know four slots in it and it did power and ethernet switching and there was just one power connector and one uh you know network cable coming out that would be something i'd be interested in absolutely i do i i'm not going to say that's the future but 
I do think Pine putting out a compute module that's pin for pin compatible with the Raspberry Pi, it's almost like we're going to transport back to the days of the Raspberry Pi 2. Whenever somebody else came out with a board, it had to be pin compatible with the Raspberry Pi 40 pin connector, thus making it much less friction to jump to another platform if you were mm-hmm. adventurous or you wanted to save money kind of thing. Um, to me, Pine doing that is the first chink in the armor where they can squeeze in and maybe get a little bit of rub, a little bit of popularity off of the Raspberry Pi stuff where people can in, you know, drop in replacement. Say, I'm not going to use a Raspberry Pi compute module when I upgrade. Let me try this other one. And in air quote, it just work would be beautiful. Yeah. um, And I do think that the trend of modular single board computers, which it's not single board computer anymore if it's module. um, Mm -hmm, I do mm -hmm. think that is going to become more of a reality, much, much, much more of reality just because without sounding dumb, we can't keep throwing the entire thing away when quite literally you know, 80% of that board is still perfectly usable. You know, it's almost the same chip set, yep. hence Raspberry Pi Foundation. I want to say it was 60% of every Raspberry Pi 4, com- um, not everyone, a large percentage in the last eight months has been recycled from old Raspberry Pi boards because it's the same technology. Yeah, and then the last thing I'll say is, I my thing is, I already created a Google alert. So whenever someone posts something new about the RK3566 processor, I'm going to know about it because I do believe, again, you know, in like a year, you're going to start seeing a bunch of cheap Android TV boxes with it on. You're going to start seeing other boards come out with a 3566 processor. And I do believe you're going to see um, um, a bunch of other companies, whether it's Odroid, Orange Pie, or somebody else, hopping on the board and putting one of these out. And don't be shocked if you see low-priced uh, Chrome OS devices running that processor as well. Yeah, I... Hmm... I've kind of beaten up my Chromebook, so I'd love to get another Chromebook. This was a $200 15-inch backlit keyboard with a touchscreen, and and that's the spec I'd be looking for. But uh, I haven't really found anything in that that price range, you know, post uh, post COVID. Well, Chromebooks, yeah, I mean, are almost impossible to keep in stock, kind of thing, and their prices have no reason to come down, kind of thing. Hopefully, here in the next six months, it will become much more realistic prices. Yeah, so for now, I'm just going to keep enjoying the Pine Tab and the Pine Pro devices. Um, I, I am looking at that Redaxa Zero, but I might hold off like another couple weeks. But to be quite honest, that Stamp C3 is the one I'm really tempted to buy just for giggles because it's going to be so cheap when it comes out. Very cool. Um, any other last-second things you want to bring up there, Rich? I'm going to take that as a no. Oh, did I not hit the right button? No. Yeah, I got to make sure I hit the right button here. Gotcha. So did, did you have any uh, last second no, things? I'm good. Okay. Um, it doesn't look like there's any emails either. So I'll just take the opportunity to say, if you want to send us an email, it's super easy. Mini PC at podnuts.com. If you would like to support us on Patreon, that's also very easy. It is uh patreon.com slash the mini PC show. Um, that's just a super easy way to just support us. Um, period. If you just want to hang out with us and chat, it's very easy. Uh, you can come out on Discord um, and just hang out there and we will be there as well. Uh, if we, you want us on another platform, you got to let us know. Uh, again, minipcshow at podnuts.com. If, you, if you're really bored and you want to send us a voicemail, you can send it to 7076-PODNUT is the phone number. Uh, with that, I want to say uh, Brett, between us, uh, is getting better 
uh, physically is what I'm going to say, because he has been in some physical uh, strife for a while, but he got properly diagnosed, getting good meds, and he seems much happier. Uh, so I believe in the next couple oh, of weeks, he's just going to keep getting better and better. Yeah, so I- expect him to be on talking all about his RV conversion stuff. Cool. Very cool. Uh, where can people uh, catch up with you, Rich? So flyingrich.com, uh, youtube.com slash flyingrich, and let's see, Instagram. So flyingrich underscore official. So it's not on um, Meta? Uh, well, is uh, I am on Facebook, but that's kind of like legacy type stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and they said that they're not going to change the name of the mobile app because, you know, boomers wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> but I digress. Um, so I want to thank everyone for coming out. Thank everyone for hanging out. Uh, again, if you guys would like to join us live, it's super easy. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Discord or uh, on YouTube. Or you could just ask me to send you an email, and I will definitely hook you guys up. Um, but thank everyone for coming out. And we will talk to everyone again real soon. Hi, this is Matt from the MRP Tech Podcast. I would like to invite you all to take a listen to my show, the MRP Tech Podcast, on the Podnuts Network. The theme for my show is everyday tech for everyday people. We talk about Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, Chrome OS, and anything else technology-related. You can find us on iTunes, and you can find us by searching in any podcatcher. We hope you take a listen, and let us know what you think.